Hello, what have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my son. We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinin, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me on this beautiful evening are my Star Wars friends. I'm Josh, and I don't like sand. <laughs> this is Kyle, and I'm your only hope. Ooh. This is Vic. Never tell me the odds. Beautiful, beautiful gentlemen. So we're here uh tis the season happy holidays it's uh you you know uh we survived thanksgiving we survived black friday we survived cyber monday and now we're here surviving chapter five (laughs) of the mandalorian um there's a lot you know this has been a busy week i know this was kind of crazy to get us all together tonight and you know justin can't join us but as always he is joining us as a force spirit so um you know, but man, this is definitely. Thank you guys for getting together. Uh, I know that we really wanted to talk. You know, for the last couple of days, scheduling was a little nuts. I know my life. I revolve. You know, I'm right in the the e-commerce apparel business. So anyone that bought a T-shirt on Cyber Monday, good chance that I'm probably printing that at my company for you guys. So it's been a little, little, little uh, crazy. So excuse my brain today if I say a little <laughs> thing, if I say anything out of uh, out of flavor here, but. Uh, you know, for the most part, if you guys, once again, I just want to welcome, cause this is only episode six, this is our sixth episode, even though I felt like I've been talking with you guys forever, you know, and that's, it's like, it's awesome that we've gotten such a great response from listeners across, you know, all media, whether it be iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, of course, on the social media, anyone listening, if, if you have a thought you want to chime in, you want to hit us up with a question or want to correct me because I am wrong from time to time, uh, you can hit us up on all social media sites at SW Friends Show. That's on Facebook. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter at SW Friends Show. And then we just launched an email because we got hit up by one of our one of our listeners saying, hey, you guys have a show email? So please hit us up at show at starwarsfriendspodcast.com. Hit us up with questions. We're going to start taking some of those questions on our next show, which is going to be the rise of Skywalker kind of like hype shows. Uh, but today we're kind of we're going to focus on the Mandalorian like we have been doing just because it's it just happened just like a couple days ago. So we got to talk about it. Um, but first, I want to know. Did you guys put up your your Christmas tree? Do you guys celebrate Christmas, or is there a certain other holiday that you guys celebrate? We do Christmas in my house, but I have not gotten the tree up yet. Ooh. Much like you, this has been a crazy week for me, and um, things should slow down after this week. So hopefully next week I can get my uh, tree and my Star Wars ornaments and stockings and everything up. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, my wife put up our tree, but uh, I think I told Chris already, our tree is very uh, very pretty as far as theme to it and classical okay. Christmas fashion, so I don't have no fun in it. Um, I do have a Star Wars stocking, though. My wife does allow me to have that. <laughs> what, um, what stocking so, is that? Um, it's a generic one. I like Vader on the top of it, so it's my favorite okay. character. Good. You know, it's crazy. My, uh, we have our stockings hung up in my tree. I sent you guys and I actually posted it on your tree's awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a total star Wars Mickey tree. Um, but my, you know, we had, we hung our stockings on our mantle and people have come over and they see the BB eight stocking. They automatically assume that it's my BB eight stocking, but I am here to tell you guys, it's actually my girlfriend's BB eight stocking. Um, I still have a traditional red Santa, you know, little booty with my name on it. So, uh, it's a, it's a mutual thing, but it was weird. I counted up how many Kylo Ren ornaments I have <laughs> in like, it's actually at six. It's at six Kylo Ren ornaments, and I'm sure uh, I'm gonna get one here in my stocking, uh, my stocking bag in the next few weeks on Christmas morning. But uh, you know, other than that, did you guys partake in any Cyber Monday deals? That was just right around the corner. Did you guys find anything? You guys buy anything? I did a little bit of Christmas shopping, but nothing really notable here. Nothing anybody listening wants yeah. to hear about. I bought so many pins. <laughs> that's what i was thinking man i bought so many pins yeah i don't yeah so many pins i actually I ended up um our, our friends at fulcrum don uh who you turned me on to josh they hit me up and they said hey i like we know that you you didn't get your chance to buy the thrawn pin we're gonna re-release it here it was actually cyber tuesday that they re-released the thrawn prince so, or thrawn pin so i was able to pick that up from fulcrum don um you can find them on all social i think at fulcrum don uh it's just that beautiful thrawn pin um they hit me up on that but i did get some cyber monday deals i I know my girlfriend listens to this podcast, so I can't say exactly what it is, but you guys will find out uh, after post Christmas. Uh, but there was some really good stuff on Etsy. A lot of a lot of good makers, a lot yeah. of good makers out there that I'm going to give a shout out to after the the Christmas episode. Yeah, I actually called you out in the comments on that post because I was you were like I'm ordering mine, and I was like, what the hell, Chris? You didn't let it, you didn't let anybody know that these were re released. But yeah. I got I got mine. I got that Thrawn pin too. Awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. I actually ended up picking up the Amidala lips because I am a I'm a noted Queen Amidala like I, that. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fanboy out on Queen Amidala, <laughs> Padme Amidala. That is uh, probably my favorite prequel character. Um, and I had to pick up. I mean, I will pick up any Amidala pin or or shirt for that matter. I actually was making custom hoodies before celebration in April with Amidala on it. But uh yeah, that's beautiful stuff at Fulcrum Dawn. Uh but as as always, we still Vic, we still haven't been able to talk Fallen Order. Um you haven't been on the show since, you know, kind of we wanted to all break it down and I still want to wait for Justin cuz I know he's playing through, but where mm. are you at, Vic? I know you just you kind of just got into it, right? Yeah, I'm spending a lot of time exploring all the planets versus just rushing through the story of it. Um, I'm heading to Kashyyyk right now, but you know I've probably had five hours into it just exploring all over the maps and trying to find all the boxes and you know crates I can. So far, I feel like the gameplay is awesome. The the graphics are beautiful yeah. in the game. Um, I like the, the original story to it. They didn't try to copy or retell another story. Um, so far I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It's probably the best Star Wars game I've played since probably Force Unleashed. Um, but so far so good. I love it. 
Yeah, I'll second that. I, I think I think Force Unleashed was such a unique experience when it came out, and the controls were fantastic for having so many Jedi abilities. And and I'm a little bit further ahead of you, Vic. I, I'm probably about ten hours into the game, maybe a little bit more. And the game just gets more and more enjoyable. You learn more skills, you learn different things. Um, there was an update. I don't know if you guys realize this. Did you realize every time that BD One went into a crate? Cal Kestis acted super surprised. He's like, "Whoa, what's going on in here?" And they they changed the voiceovers. I don't know if you guys have heard since when was the that? update. Uh, it was about maybe uh, maybe last weekend, but hmm. it was a definite noticeable like the same thing every single time. BD would mm-hmm. jump into a crate. He'd be like, "Whoa, this is shocking!" And I'm totally surprised. <laughs> what are you doing here, you crazy droid? And now he's like, "Oh, cool. What'd you find, BD?" You know, it's like a, he's totally chill about it. Yeah. Uh, it's like you said, they're kind of rolling out the um, the force abilities and the things you can do. You learn them over time. And I think the flashbacks he does to when he's being oh, trained yeah. by his uh, former master is like a cool way to um, incorporate the, you know, like the training aspect of it without just having one level where it's like you push this button to do this. Like he actually has flashbacks yeah. and he, he remembers them in time. It's so crazy you brought up the flashbacks because Josh had mentioned something, I believe, on Twitter or maybe it was in our group thread. No, it's it's Twitter. (laughs) About having (laughs) an emotional moment in Fallen Order. And I I meant to text you, dude. Once again, I was so wiped. I think I know exactly what you were talking about. I do not want to give the spoiler away to Vic because it is. There is a moment in this game that you're like, they're going there. Ooh, okay. And it's actually during one of those training flashbacks. Is that Josh? Is that what you is it during a training flashback? Is that what you were alluding to on Twitter? Yeah, and I think I mean the 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 emotional piece of it is they tied it into the exact rec- correct piece of music for what they were trying oh, to convey. Yes. So and I won't say what that is, but Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> There's a good yeah. moment coming up if you guys haven't gotten there. You'll know it when you get there for sure. You will know, yeah. Another thing I'm enjoying, too, within the story, they're expanding on the Purge of the Jedi a lot more than any of the movies did. And it's, it's really cool to see the eye-opening different perspectives of the Purge, because all we have is Yoda, Obi-Wan, yeah. and Anakin's perspective of it. So I, I like the expanding of the story of the Purge to the mainstream versus the books and comics. Can yeah, I interest it- you in some Clone Wars? <laughs> Well, dang, mic drop, Kyle. Kyle's out, y'all. He just just dropped the mic and left. No, like, uh, so Vic, you were talking about the expansion of that, right? And do you have you any of you read the comic, the Jedi Fallen Order comic supplemental material? So Mm -hmm. I, I've read it, and um, of course you have. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, you know, I don't like it. Sorry, sorry. It's not. Uh, <laughs> not everything's it, great. Not everything's great, and I think that's going to be the theme of today's episode. But uh, <laughs> here's See the for thing. yourself. Here's the thing. I think that now playing through the game, I'm going to reread those comics when I'm done and see if it actually makes more sense. I just I, I find some of these supplemental materials come out too early, and you can't. You know, there's no it, context. 
there's no context. And and Josh, we've talked previously about you wanting, you know, more Mandalorian material, maybe books or comics or whatever. I think it's going to make a lot more sense to drop those Cara Dune comics post season one than it would have been pre season one. I mean, maybe I don't know. Who knows what the story would have been? I'm just saying those comics are not. Um, they don't really add to the story. Maybe they will once I'm done with the book so or the game, and I'll give that a chance. But I'm just kind of curious. What color is your lightsaber? Indigo. I'm red. I'm red. Wait, you got red? Yeah. You got red in the game? Am I crazy? Oh, no, in the game? Oh, I thought yeah, you were talking about which game. one we will pick. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, in the game right now, I'm blue. Blue. Yeah, yeah. I'm green. I only have the blue and green options. Oh. <laughs> what are you, Josh? I'm, I'm indigo. In- indigo is cool because it's purple, but still... A little bit of a blue tinge. It's not like straight purple. So how did you get the purple blade? Because um, I have the orange blade. That's what I've been rocking with. That was the uh, my the pre-order, Gito. right? Yeah, yeah, the pre-order content. Um, I did have it on green though. It took me. It took me like eight hours to switch over to orange. Um, green is my favorite lightsaber color, just because of Return of the Jedi. Um, but Josh, how did you get the indigo? Um, it's a story thing, like a. The further you get in the Unlocked game, it. yeah, you get you get several more uh, choices of color once you get really? to a certain point. And uh, unfortunately, red is not one of them, though. Well, I would hope not. <laughs> I just realized that I pre-ordered Fallen Order digitally or um, through the mail, and I just forgot I had a digital download code for the yeah, Owen Saber. Yeah, go get <laughs> Thanks it. Thanks for the reminder. The, the, the MyGito stuff is actually pretty cool. The premium content is I, – I thought it was going to be cheesy, but I, I actually mm-hmm. do like it. Okay, so I think this is what Vic was getting at a minute ago anyway. If you were in the Star Wars universe, what color <laughs> saber would you have? I know immediately mine would be white. I would love a white lightsaber. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say, too. I'm going <laughs> to purify one of those kyber crystals. <laughs> me a white one. I think I'd go totally dark red. saber. You go dark saber? Dark saber? <laughs> like, not, not, the bla- not the blade, but just the color. Yeah. Can you? I Has that ever been unlocked in any material a black lightsaber i'm trying to think i feel like it was in the eu but i'm not sure yeah that i would love a listener to hit us up on that if you guys ever saw any reference to a black lightsaber i would love to know that i'm sure it exists yeah but um vic what about you you're you're I'm, red all the way right i'm going red i'm a ginger i have no soul i'm, I'm ready to you know, kick some ass and <laughs> you know destroy all <laughs> plus I, the bad guys get all the cool stuff yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's so crazy. I love. I think if I can get Asaz Ventress's hilt, I would do cool. the white blade on that. I think that would be just fantastic. And I think I wonder if that option is possible at Galaxy's Edge at a yeah. Savvy's workshop. You can get the Force Effects Asaz Ventress and do the um, the <laughs> the process of taking the the blade out, and you can change the lights and everything in it. Oh, so okay, that might there's be. There's people cool that do that. There's people you that will take your the Force Effects Hasbro ones okay. and take the blade out and customize it to what you want. Okay. There's well, a couple uh, lightsaber groups I'm a part of on Facebook. I'm I might give Savvy's Workshop a go when I'm at Galaxy's Edge in February, but um, that price point is whoo. It's yeah. worth it. Little Compared steep. to Saber Forge or Ultra Sabers, it's worth it. Yeah. See, I I feel differently. I think the <laughs> Saber Forge and uh, ones are a, a little nicer. I think they fit in your hand better. Hmm. 
I've never actually used those. I I was looking for a demonstration of them at Celebration, um, and I just wasn't able to come across it because I am fascinated with that, you know, lightsaber battling. Like actual, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a terminology yeah. for it, but Dueling, there were dual whatever. So like, is really nice. It the ones to to me because I've been to Disney World many many times. <laughs> the ones they sell at Disney World are a little unrealistically large and maybe that's just like my perception of what a lightsaber would feel like in your hand but to me well, it feels too big and um i don't know the the saber forge ones um just seem to feel a little more natural to me the the ones that galaxy says are totally different from what i understand though compared to what they used to sell so i'm assuming they're probably more customizable like the saber forge and ultra saber hilts from what i've seen I, I saw the Ahsoka ones from Galaxy's Edge, and they're real clunky. They're, like, rounder than they should be. Yeah. yeah. I think you're yeah. right about them being too big. Yeah, and even my my Kylo Ren, um, the Black Series Saber, I, here's the thing. I've never held the actual movie prop, so I don't know how big this thing is in real life. Um, and I will say it feels good. The Black Series Kylo Ren Saber feels really good in my hands. I, I will... I'll try to take a look to the best of my ability. I know I kind of have to do like a fast pass booking if I want to actually build a lightsaber at Galaxy's Edge, but I just don't, I just don't know if I want to dive in at two hundo. Like I'd rather spend the hundred on a droid, build the droid, and then spend the other hundred on you know I don't know Mickey pretzels or something. I, that sounds like more like <laughs> like that's kind of what I want to get into. But uh, anyways, we can talk that we can talk Fallen Order uh, for a long time. I want to move on to another quick point about something else in the Star Wars universe, which is the novels. And, and we are giving away a copy of Resistance Reborn to a listener at the end of today's show. Um, am I the only one on here today that has read Resistance Reborn? Because I know Justin has gotten through it. I have not. Okay. Do you know what to say about it? So it's actually... Um, I'm not going to drop a spoiler, but if you're if you are like, oh, I don't want to hear a spoiler. Um, if you're really sensitive to that, this is just a really quick spoiler. Um, Wedge Antilles comes back. Ta-da! He's back, and um, I actually really like the way he was written in this book. And I'm I'm really actually that was there's two parts in Resistance Reborn. And do you guys care if I spoil two quick parts for you? I don't care for it. Okay, so listeners, if you don't want spoilers, just tune off, skip forward 35 seconds to a minute. Here we go. Wedge Antilles (laughs) is back. He got me really excited to see where this goes as far as rebuilding the Black Squadrons, the Rogue Squadrons, you know, all of these different um, fighter units. I think Wedge and Poe Dameron are just going to team up and and try to rebuild those pilots with Snap Wexley and Nora Wexley. Uh, It really laid the groundwork for something fascinating uh, in the ride as a Skywalker. I cannot wait to see his character actually get some tangible leadership time uh, on film. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But the second thing that I found remarkable about this book is that they brought back a character that was a throwaway character in Return of the Jedi. Not necessarily. I got his action figure right behind me. Um, Ora Marco. Are you guys familiar with the character Ora Marco? Not by name. A prune face? You guys know prune face? Mm-hmm. It's okay if you don't. Once again, I I prefaced it with a throwaway character. He basically, if, if you remember on Home One, uh, Return of the Jedi, they're doing their debrief. There's a character in the background of the of the briefing room who has a, a prune face. That's why he was labeled as prune face on all the Return of the Jedi packaging. Uh, but he has an eye patch 
and he wears this like green cloak. And it, once again, pure background character. They made an action figure out of him. Uh, I love the action figure. Uh, but he is now a part of the Resistance Reborn novelization. I would be, listen, guys, I I know we're going to do a Rise of Skywalker show, several of them, hopefully before the movie comes out. As far as like bringing back some of these characters, Nia Numb is definitely going to be back. I know that. Um, we know now Wedge is coming back. We know that Dennis Lawson, the actor, was uh, confirmed for the movie. And Ora Marco, uh, hopefully will make an appearance among many others. Um, I mentioned briefly on a previous show that I got some Intel on another character that I was really disappointed in learning, uh, is going to be in it because I wanted it to be a total spoiler. Uh, but are there any characters that you guys want to see from former films or maybe he's going to pop up in rise of Skywalker Thrawn. Oh my God. Stop it. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Thrawn. Oh, you never know. I'd like to see somebody from uh, Rebels or Clone Wars. Um, you know, if I, anybody, Sabine, Captain Rex, any anybody. Captain you know. Rex. Oh, dude, he's, he's so old. He's the Return uh, of the Jedi. So old, dude. How did you say someone from Clone Wars or Rebels and then list characters and not say Ahsoka? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, want to set true. myself up for disappointment. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I don't know. Dave gave one of those like, I like people have asked him, and he's like, I don't know, and he giggles. We'll have to see, <laughs> which makes me feel like it's coming. I, well, oh. I think they. I want them to make a whole series about that. I don't want her to just have thirty seconds in the new movie. Unpopular, um, uh, you know, staying here, Jar Jar Binks. Wow, maybe Jar Jar does well. I mean, I can't remember. He's hosting a new show. Well, Ahmed Best is hosting a new yeah. show, the first ever live, um, the Games? unscripted Star Wars kids show. But mm-hmm. um, that should be cool. We're going to learn more about that as time goes on. Uh, but Kyle, dude, I'm just going to throw this out there. You know, Disney has already acknowledged that they're going to do a Cassian and Andor live action show, which presumably is going to dive into the spy network. Yeah, Fulcrum. that's what I'm saying, dude. I think Fulcrum is definitely going to be the central part of the Cassian Andor series. So who knows? I mean, that would be where I would save Ahsoka for because, you know, I've heard some ridiculous stuff on Twitter this week that, oh, it's Ahsoka showing up at the end of episode five. And dude, listen, bro, no, stop <laughs> right there. Ahsoka has nothing to do with the Mandalorian. There's no way they're going to they're going to shoot that hard, that fast. I really think you save it for the Cassian Andor series um, to help build that one up and give them a little bit more time to develop the on-screen uh, look of Ahsoka. And I, well, I've thought about that a little bit too. And I, I was thinking that we might just get um, voiceover work from Ashley in the Cassian um, show because we know from Rebels mm, that it's still okay. very secretive and they don't like. Not everybody knows each other, and there's a lot of like compartmentalization i guess of the of the resistance so i i wonder if she's gonna be maybe sending transmissions like we saw in rebels where there's just that that fulcrum symbol yeah. up on the hologram and then maybe we get ashley doing some voiceover stuff which would that make sense, sense to me but yeah you know i don't know 
Chris, I have to say, you know, for, for a theory from you, I feel like Ahsoka as Fulcrum <laughs> in Cassian Andor series is not a crackpot theory. It's so, not, man. Yeah. It's, it's not. Kind, of, I'm kind of in the text. Yeah, look at yeah. that. <laughs> you know, I, I will say the one thing that came to mind while you were while you were talking, Kyle, about the voiceover work, what if it's not even necessarily like a full-blown character of Ahsoka? It is just the, like, you know, you, you get to the end of this episode, Cassian Andor is in search of some information information he goes down an alleyway he shoots one of his friends because his friend sucks and he's got a broken leg and then all of a sudden you see the tendrils pop you, know, you just see the backlit of the tendrils giving cassian some information and then that's how the episode ends and then that's all we get of a live action ahsoka it would be a cool little mm-hmm. cliffhanger but it, you you know you know that the internet would be like what like dude that's, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna do it that way and, and just drop <laughs> it there um, I can see that happening. I, I actually, I hope they don't lose focus on the Cassian Andor series because I think Diego Luna is an incredible actor. Um, I am it's not a cool concept. Oh, it's a great concept. It's it's a show that I think, you know, the Mandalorian, and, and we'll dive into this in just a little bit when we break down the episode. I can kind of see where they're going with the theme of this show. Five episodes in. I think with the with the uh, Cassian Andor series, it would give you that spy, like you know that like James Bond esque spy show is set in the Star Wars universe, which is definitely a unique place to be. And Disney is all about you know kind of creating a uh, you know a genre and running with it. So I see that happening. But man, Alan Tudyk. He's, you know, he's coming back. He's already confirmed. I don't want them to lose focus of it with the Kenobi project and potentially some other projects they have in the pipeline, just because I think that all, you know, for all the Rogue One lovers and there's, you know, people that love Rogue One, love Rogue One and just can't get enough. Um, Unfortunately, there's just that little sliver of time that we're given. I think this Cassian Andor series would really help out. I'm I'm really hoping so when I watched Rogue One I I didn't hate casting Andor but he was a, one of the weaker characters in that movie for me. Really? Didn't really didn't really feel any sort of connection to him. But I'm hoping that this show can do for him what Clone Wars did for Anakin and what Clone Wars uh, did for Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship and okay. like kind of flesh that out and make me care about him. Interesting point. I hope with the Cassian Andor show they don't you know, have the same fate as a solo movie. You feel like more fans are interested in the Jedi and Sith and lightsaber battles. You know, the Mandalorian has been the exception to that rule, but solo as a box office and the fans is, was more or less a dud. I liked it. I enjoyed it, but you know, a lot of people love so like it. Love solo. I think, I think there was more going on. I think that had a lot to do with like when it was released and stuff like that and the marketing and not just that there weren't Jedi in it. I think Mandalorian is, proof that you don't have to have lightsaber battles for people to be interested because they do just love the universe and the world building around it. And, um, and, uh, Josh, to your point, I had another friend who said something very similar, how he just was never really that captivated by Cassian. And I think you made a, I think that's a solid point, but it, you know, that wasn't his movie. He was like, a definitely a side character. So I think you're right. I think this is going to flesh him out and make him a lot more, interesting and fill in those gaps and stuff like that for sure another thing i didn't the one part i didn't enjoy about solos i like the mystery behind han solo i feel like i didn't really need a backstory to him same thing with yoda or obi-wan i feel like i don't need too much of a backstory to him because i already know everything i want to know about them 
Yeah, so, all right, the Solo thing is a touchy subject for me. Like, Rogue One is a touchy subject for some people, and, like, The Last Jedi is a touchy subject for some people. <laughs> I am diehard Solo guy. I am diehard Solo guy. I needed that movie, Vic. I absolutely needed it. Oh, I liked solo. it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I needed to know more. I needed to know how, uh, you know, in this new Disney era, how they were actually going to show us how these things happen. Um, I will promise you guys this. At some point next year, we are going to do a full two-hour breakdown of the solo movie uh, and and kind of the solo legacy. I, that is a show I've wanted to do with you guys. Uh, this is one of my dream shows, and I, I really want to make that happen next year. Um, so I think we're on the right. I think we're on the right page here, and um, I'm very excited to to look forward to our schedule next year. Actually, I've I've never seen Solo. <laughs> no, you I'm should check kidding. it out. <laughs> No, just because just because I haven't seen Deadpool doesn't need to be you know you need to make jokes. <laughs> That's at me. just wrong, Chris. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just trying. I was just trying to get you. I will say I did see the Ryan Reynolds, um, his new gin company ad. Have you guys seen his new gin company's ad? Oh, it's so funny. It's a mockery of the Peloton ad. Oh, my goodness, dude. I was cracking up watching that. So get on Ryan Reynolds' Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Check out his new. Uh, check out his new gin company ad it's really funny but anyway guys let's um let's get moving to our next segment because i know that we really want to break down this chapter five of the mandalorian and of course our next segment is going to collect or talk about all the fine additions to our collection your lightsabers will make a fine addition to my collection all right so with that i actually i forgot something on the last episode for this segment it was something very special um, I had a friend go to DesignerCon in Anaheim where Celebration is coming up in 2020. And DesignerCon, if you guys are unfamiliar, it's basically makers from all over, all industries. They present their their goods, their services, their art prints, their enamel pins, their clothing. Um, pretty much if you're a designer, you can put your brand on something or your design on something. Um, you're, you're generally posted up there. And I had a, a friend go out there. And, you know, he's like, hey, man, uh, what can I get for you out here? Because he knows I'm also I am an art collector outside of Star Wars. Um, he brought me back another podcast, another podcast called Black Series Rebels. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. I actually met those guys in April at Celebration. They are more of a video uh, podcast, but they're definitely like highly energetic and they got professional you know, uh, video editing and all these, you know, great things, but they're also really talented designers. And I was able to collect a lot of their exclusive celebration pins by just meeting up with them. Their celebration pins were hilarious. They were, um, if you guys remember the Taco Bell Pizza Hut cups from the Phantom Menace, the cup toppers, they made enamel pins of those and they would do like random meetups. You'd have to meet them at different places around the convention floor and get them. So, of course, naturally, the Queen Amidala was the one I was like after the most, right? So I was able to grab that one and the Darth Maul. But my friend got me all the brand new Black Series Rebels enamel pins and uh, two of them in particular, I think this show would be very excited about, which first one is the, what they call the Rando, which is just a Mandalorian pin. It's very cool, uh, but they sold out immediately. You know, I saw a lot of their fans online like, hey, when can we get this in? And they're just like, ah, I don't know, probably not going to happen. Um, 
But then the other one is the Ahsoka the white pin. And it's the first enamel pin that I purchased mm. with her new uh, look, her, her you know, Gandalf-esque look with the white robes and the scepter. Um, it's a really cool pin, uh, but I just want to give a shout out to Black Series Rebels. They continually uh, deliver really fun, really exciting uh, pins for the Star Wars community. And they're great guys. I, I, I think we're going to connect with them at Celebration 2020. We'll probably do a little bit of a guesting on each other's podcast. Oh, um, that would be uh, that would be a really cool moment because they're fun guys and uh you know their energy is definitely palpable but as far as like other stuff i've gotten this week my sister actually got me she showed up and she's like hey i got you something and she pulled out of uh like a little tote bag and it was the star wars right the rise to skywalker breakfast cereal and <laughs> all i could think of was space balls uh, immediately <laughs> space balls the breakfast cereal and i'm like oh wait dude have i ever got star wars cereal before and uh, i'm sure i have but it's actually really cool i i can't believe i didn't notice it my girlfriend's already plowed through half the box so yeah, I'm i was about just to- gonna say do you have a bowl yet <laughs> I had a couple TIE fighters and a couple uh, BB-8s, but it's it's essentially uh, a combination of tricks, like flavoring, and Lucky Charms marshmallows. So it's a unique cereal. Um, I'm I'm you know I'm not a food collector, and I know Justin has a bone to pick (laughs) with Star Wars food collectors, so uh, I can't wait to bring it up to him. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to get a second box. I'll just eat through this one and keep the cardboard somewhere. But um, lastly, we've talked about these things before, the three and three quarter saga collection gold figures, the new ones that they're coming out with. Um, I actually picked up the last set that I wanted, which was the C-3PO, R2-D2 and and BB-8 gold figs. Um, That's the last gold set that made sense to me. But if any collectors out there are listening, every Walmart, I mean, I've only been to two in the last two weeks, they have... I mean, more Django Fett and Mace Windu gold figs than you can even count. Uh, I'm sure the Darth Maul Yodas are still chilling up there. I know that the the, – oh, my. And (laughs) if you guys want any of those uh, lightsabers that you can record your own uh, sounds into, Walmart is just overflowing with them. So um, with that, I know I got some other things. We'll we'll talk about it on a future future episode, but I really, uh, really stoked about those Black Series Rebels pins. What did you guys get? I didn't get um, a lot this week, oh. but I did get um, that Bo-Katan pin that Josh was talking about oh, the other yeah, day. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. It's uh, Tano Alive pins, I think. Yeah, they're it great. Makes yeah. That, but uh, um, they put it back up, so I, I grabbed one of those when there was only a couple left. And I think Josh picked up a Poe Dameron um, <laughs> X-Wing pilot helmet for me, too. Yeah, that he I'm got one get for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of that, too, was... I, so I had to go back to Burlington, which is like, it's not close. It was like 25 minutes from my house. Oh, dang. I think, but, I think nothing's but I, close to you, really. But I love you guys, so I went. <laughs> Thank and you. they Thank had, you. when the first time I went, they didn't have the TIE Fighter sets. Like, But then oh, when yeah. I went back to get the helmets for you, they did. So I was able to get one of those, too. Oh, beautiful. So it was like a win-win. Right there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank Perfect. you for picking us up helmets, yeah, man. man. I, I uh yeah, I cannot wait to b- put my own paint job on it. Cosplay as uh, as Hera, sort of uh, a, a guy Hera, I guess. Hera, Hera, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hera. exactly. Hera, Hera. Yeah. <laughs> gonna be a He Man. Oh yeah. Oh, well, Josh, I know uh, you. You already mentioned you got a ton of pins on Cyber I Monday. Did. What? What did you pick um, up, man? Well, so 
what's already come in, I've got I got uh, pins from Rebel Art Underground. They're they're these helmet pins. I have a Scout Trooper, Boba Fett, Darth Vader, and um, a Stormtrooper helmet, and they're like black and dark rainbow. And yeah. each one of them has like a scene in the helmet. Like you can oh, see, cool. they're they're really sweet. I'll post uh, pictures of them on the on our Instagram. Um, they're really cool. And she actually, because I bought so many pins, she put a bunch of like extra goodies in my thing. too. Oh, nice. So sweet. And then I also got a pin from, uh, the lady Fett, which is this cosplayer that I met at. Oh, I've been um, known about the celebration. Lady Fett. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I figured you would. Yeah. So she, she had pins that it was her in her cosplay, but it looked like yeah. the Kenner Boba Fett. So I oh, got really, just, yeah, it's really cool. Pin. Oh, post that up, dude. I want to, I want to take a look at yeah, that. No, I'll post that too. Um, and then last but not least, um, I had an ugly sweater party uh, this weekend, and I got that blue Empire Strikes Back hat out of the lunchbox that Beautiful. you were talking about. So I, so I went to Hot Topic and got that blue Empire Strikes Back uh, Star Wars sweater with the AT-ATs on it. AT-ATs, not at hats You mean the AT-ATs? <laughs> so, yeah, and it's really glad I got it. <laughs> So let me jump in here real quick. And this is a this is a PSA. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I got to just say this because you brought up the sweater, man. Um, PSA to any listeners out there. Be careful where you buy your Star Wars merch from because I I have Star Wars holiday sweaters, like the actual knit ones, the, the cute ones that you see, right? I ended up uh, purchasing – and all I wampa for Christmas is you knit sweater off of uh, what appeared to be a legitimate website and um, was le- was based air quotes in America. Um, and it took me, you know, they're on their website. Oh, knitted sweater. And there's a brand called Numskull that makes these sweaters. They're beautiful. They're from the United Kingdom. Um, I own several of them and I wanted to get this Wampa sweater for this holiday. So I, I bought it on this website, uh, you know, 10 to 12 business days shipping. I go, oh, that's pretty normal for the UK. Turns out the sweater came from Vietnam. It took about 25 business days to get here. Um, the seller from gearbins.com uh, could not respond in any decent time frame to any of my emails trying to get tracking information. It arrived as um, it is the most bootleg, booty-ass sweater I have ever <laughs> seen in my life. And I am so disgusted on so many levels. Uh, I, I, as someone who works in the apparel industry, someone that takes pride in what I do and the business that we do, uh, representing licensed brands, I was disgusted opening this package. And now I'm, I, I filed a PayPal claim trying to get my money back. But if you are a star Wars collector, you, you want to buy merch or you're buying holiday presents, please do not buy from gearbins.com. Just do your research and make sure you're getting authentic quality star Wars goods. Cause there's nothing more disappointing than giving someone a gift, uh, and it just be absolutely bootleg. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. That's my PSA. Sorry, guys. Uh, two things. One, that's actually the exact reason why I went to Hot Topic to get it instead of ordering it online because I know that they have a, like a contract with her universe, so it's legit stuff. And I could actually like have it in my hand and see it. Right. Um, and th- so, yeah, to save myself that trouble. But also, can we name this episode Bootleg Booty Ass Sweater? Bootleg Booty Ass <laughs> Sweaters. Yeah, I've, I've already written it down. Definitely. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> episode six, Bootleg Booty Ass Sweater. <laughs> your is, highest, that, is that what I said? Heart, yeah, it is 100% highest, highest what you said. Show yet. 
<laughs> oh, there you go. All right, I'm into it. I'm oh. gonna take the recording of this and isolate you saying that for later use too. <laughs> please do, please do. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, uh, Vic, did you get any bootleg booty yeah. sweaters? Oh, I didn't get any bootleg booty shit, but um, I got two <laughs> nice things this week. I ordered the Kylo Ren Black Series saber. It was sixty bucks on Entertainment Earth. It was a great deal. Oh yeah, oh, okay. Deal. And I was able to get the New Hope Luke Force Effects Blue Sabers, the original Graflex Saber. Oh, nice. Hard bucks. Race Saber? Oh, yeah, you were texting us about that. <laughs> Anakin yeah, yeah. Saber? Yes. <laughs> uh, that's really cool Anakin that you got Race Saber. saber. That's going to look good. <laughs> that she oh, broke. I hate that so much. She treated it poorly. Wait, what do you hate, Josh? <laughs> when people just refer to it as Race Saber. Well, technically, I mean, it is now. Possession is nine tenths of the law here on uh, in this galaxy. I don't know. Yeah, it's technically Ray Saber. <laughs> you know, one of the trailers Stop. is Leia. The legacy <laughs> saber, the Skywalker it, saber. It's the legacy. It, yes, damn right. It is the Skywalker saber. Thank yeah. you. Okay, I'm cool I, with that. I, 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 yeah. Are you saying Ray is a Skywalker now? Yes. Well, she's been a Skywalker <laughs> all along. Come on. Well, some people have been saying that. She, she's some people don't care if that means that either Leia or Luke left their child abandoned in the desert planet for the <laughs> guys, so. guys I've already I'm, I'm out in the public with my views on this dude check it I go back to March man we're going to talk about it here in a little bit uh, in, a, in maybe a couple days I definitively believe that Rey is a Skywalker uh, and I have two different theories on blood relation and just namesake so um, we're going to dive into those spicy meatballs uh, in just a couple days but it <laughs> It's a Skywalker saber for sure, dude. But it's also Finn's. Uh, let's be clear. <laughs> oh, give me a break. Oh. I'm not going to give <laughs> you a it, break. Then it's Hans, too, yeah, because yeah. he cut up damn Tauntaun. Hell Tauntaun yes, Hans. <laughs> yeah. No, it's everybody's saber, dude. <laughs> it's a little slut. Well, <laughs> one of Obi-Wan's, too, because he had it before he gave it to Luke. Uh, yeah. This is very true. He kept in storage. Oh, dude, I think we're, they're going to explore that in the Kenobi series. So we'll see. Uh, I, You know... I I just want to say one thing, just because I want to get it off my chest. I am just such a huge Finn fan. I he is probably my favorite sequel character. But I, Kyle, I cannot wait to dish about the Last Jedi and how they did him so dirty. Because I I'm such a Finn guy, pro Finn over here, and he had the coolest character arc in in Force Awakens. And I just we'll see we'll see what happens in in just a couple days. He had at least one really good line. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but let's uh, let's save a little bit of that outrage for uh, the the Rise of Skywalker shows. So with that, uh, I think we got a lot of cool stuff to our collections this week. That's pretty exciting. If you guys got anything cool you want to share with us, hit us up at SW Friends Show on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you got. Let us know what pins. We're all big pinheads over here. So hit us up and let us know what type of uh, enamel pins you picked up. I know for a fact there's like I don't know. 40 or 50 baby Yoda pins on Etsy. Uh, there's so many. <laughs> and they're all awesome. And I'm not saying Everyone is amazing. Yeah. I may or may not have ordered some of them for Christmas gifts. So I, <laughs> you know, that's my whisper right there. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get to what we're, we're, you know, we're here to talk about today. And that is none other than episode five of the Mandalorian. Yeah, 
yeah, so episode five, guys, I'm, I have a brain fart here, and I don't know if it's just because of my long week. What was this chapter called? It was The Gunslinger, right? Correct. Yeah, the Gunslinger. Okay. The Underwhelming? Yep. Oh, no, The Gunslinger. <laughs> uh, I, you know, Someone I... salty. You know, I, um, guys, I, this is my most strongly opinionated show at, uh, up to this point, And I didn't mean it to be, I feel so guilty for having the thoughts that I have about this episode for so many different angles. And I'm just going to be clear. Um, some of my best friends are at rebel force radio. Uh, that's no surprise. Uh, and I, you know, I was talking to Jason, one of the hosts and I, I just told him, I just texted him. I said, Hey man, I, r- I really wasn't into this episode at all. He goes, all right, get on the show tonight. And I go, all right, I'm on the show tonight. And, you know, they brought me in. And, of course, you know, um, Jason and Jimmy, the hosts of Rebel Force Radio, they're they're close friends, dear friends of mine. And, um, you know, they I'm listening in uh, to their to their, you know, their show and I'm on the line ready to get on. And they're just loving it. And they're loving the show. They're loving the show. And I'm sitting here like almost sweating. I'm like, oh, my God, like, oh, they're going to they're going to not like what I'm about to drop. And basically, I sparred a little bit with Jimmy uh, about how I basically my emotional state about this show, uh, this particular chapter. I I wasn't a fan of this show um, and I'm not it's not that I'm in a negative way. It's not that I that I am being negative about the show. It just didn't work for me on so many different facets. And I want to break this episode down with you guys on why it didn't work for me. But on the flip side. I absolutely, 100% understand why someone would absolutely love this show, uh, this particular chapter. It is a, um, it's a nostalgia fest, not in a bad way. It's fan service, not in a bad way. I think that it, if you look at the Mandalorian up to this point, it, every episode is almost like a one shot comic. Um, it makes sense because the show, you know, he's trying to escape other bounty hunters. Um, so he goes to an outer rim world in Tatooine, which we know is like, you know, the nowhere. Right. And, but the, the thing that really got me about this episode is not necessarily, yes, the throwbacks I think were too much. Yes. I think the star Wars Mad Libs were too much. Um, but what really got me was the poor writing of this show. And I didn't like the acting from the uh, supporting actors on this show. Um, it just straight up just did not work for me. And when I was when I was going back and forth with Jimmy, you know, he 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 was getting pretty heated, and rightfully so. He's entitled to his opinion, just like I'm an, entitled to my opinion, and all Star Wars fans are entitled to their opinion. Um, but you know, he goes, "I think your expectations are skewed," and it and right then and there. It hit me. I think my expectations for the Mandalorian are probably way off from what we received on chapter five. Uh, I think going into the Mandalorian, if I want to look at the first five episodes, I think still now my expectations are totally off on this show. Um, Did I expect the Mandalorian to be a single father? No. Did I expect him to be guarding a baby Yoda? No. Um, did I expect these characters that they put so much promotional um, you know, time into to be one shots up to this point? Not at all. Um, so you know, I definitely expected this show to be darker. And the more I thought about it, uh, and, and I did, I walked away from that appearance on Rebel Force Radio feeling pretty guilty that, you know, I'm like, oh, should I feel bad about my thoughts? You know, um, and, and I, I don't. 
But <laughs> there was some guilt there. And then definitely Twitter the next morning, I saw some Twitter personalities, some Star Wars personalities telling us why, if you didn't like that episode, you were wrong. And here's, you know, reasons one through five, why you're wrong if you don't like the gunslinger. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, bro, it like everyone can have a different opinion. And if you can have a conversation about it, that's what's important. I'm not saying ban the Mandalorian or the Mandalorian is canceled. I can't wait for episode six, seven and eight. I can't wait to see how this series ends and then moves on to chapter uh, season two. I absolutely am fascinated with the, you know, the Omera angle and how maybe this cast is going to get reunited or, or what have you. Um, but this episode just didn't work for me. Did, you know, Kyle, I know you, you kind of mentioned a little bit pre-show that it also didn't work for you. Um, but the rest, like Josh and Vic, did it work for you guys or no? I'm kind of with you. Like, I'm, I think you might be a little bit stronger on your negative feelings than i i definitely have more about the episode than i do about that things that i loved i yeah i don't i don't know where we want to go from there oh i can definitely i can definitely take it some places vic did you like the episode well this is going to be a three against one battle i like the episode a lot that's good um i'm a really big fan of dragon ball and to me, this episode felt like one of those filler episodes that Dragon Ball has. Like, didn't have nothing to do with the main plot or the main arc of the story, but it was something to have fun with in the middle of the season to kind of bridge the two. Because we're about halfway through the season right now. Right. And, you know, to me, it was just fun to watch. You, know, you get the bounty hunters hunting him, and then he comes across this, you know, this random guy who wants to get into the guild. And he helps him out, and then you see the more depth to him as far as the feelings he has towards the baby Yoda. You know, he's clearly caring for him a lot and he's risking everything to save him when it comes when he comes back. Yeah, but I disagree. I disagree. Right at right then and there, Vic, I'm gonna poke a hole in this in this in this whole <laughs> episode. Because if he really did care about baby Yoda, I mean, why would he leave him on the ship with this crazy woman? Uh, yeah, mechanic who has pit droids around and it's in one of what we know as Star Wars fans this is the hive of scum and villainy, right? Like it is a dangerous place to be and you know that people are chasing after Baby Yoda. If he cared about Baby Yoda, why leave him unprotected on the ship? That's it. I mean, right then and there. Poor writing and I can keep going on, but go. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that either. And I and uh, sorry, Vic, but I to to go at your Dragon Ball reference, Dragon Ball had like hundreds of episodes. We're playing with eight episodes. We don't have time <laughs> mm-hmm. for a Good filler point. episode. We need we need like monumental things to happen every episode or at least one. Well, why know, do we something? Because okay. we only have eight episodes. So we saw season two. We have season probably three, four, and five down the road. Why does oh, every that episode would be have crazy. to? Why does every yeah, episode have to top like the one before? Game of Thrones. This could be like Game of Thrones, where we have to wait two years between seasons. That's awesome. fine. Give me what I want. <laughs> I, I I just didn't think there was anything that I don't know. Just as of right now, and we obviously don't know where everything goes from here, but. It seemed largely inconsequential, right? You know, we saw that figure at the end that I'm sure is going to pay off to something, but right. uh, I just don't really get what was the point of it other than like the member berries, which did not do a lot for me. There was a couple cool things, but like I don't even know why we were there in the first place. It's we're working with the whole galaxy for Christ's sake. 
Oh, for sure. And, and that's, I guess, where the sticking points were with me and a couple other people is that um, I will say this, and, and I want to dive into some of those fan service specific quotes and things like that. You know, um, what was interesting on a positive note is that I think what Filoni and the more I thought about this, Filoni was trying to achieve with going back to Tatooine, which we've seen in the prequels, you know, Oh boy, we're going back to Tatooine. It's home of Luke Skywalker, home Anakin Skywalker, Shmi, C3PO pod racing. Um, the hut. Exactly. So we were, we're so familiar with this, with this planet. And I think by having that context as diehard fans, um, we go back to Tatooine five years, six years, seven years after the Empire Falls to see now what Moss Eisley has become. And part of that, I think, looking back at the episode, I think, oh, maybe that's the device that Filoni was co- trying to trying to push across is what is the galaxy like post empire? And you saw the stormtrooper helmets on the pikes, which was a vivid image from all the promotional stills. We finally saw it in the show. Um, it was definitely desolate. You know, you remember, uh, Moss Eisley from the redone, um, new hope, the George Lucas cut, um, where he brought in all the CGI. It was a bustling, crazy place with lots of stormtroopers. And there was just a hot, like a, a, don't want to use the pun, but a hive of activity. Um, and now, you know, when he comes out of Docking Bay 35, there's like just two guys strolling in robes. Uh, they get to the cantina. There's like a droid and some dude trying to like barter with it. But there's no Rontos. There's no pod racing. There's no nothing. It's kind of dead. And I wonder if that, you know, he goes into the cantina, which, guys, I want to break down the cantina in a minute. Um, he <laughs> goes in the cantina and there's no bounty hunting. Right. Like, oh, no, you can't find that here. Is that because the Empire, you know, they they got a new sheriff in town and the sheriff is like, you know, the Empire's gone. So we're going to play by new rules, y'all. And it's, this is going to be turned into a very nice city and we're going to get water and everyone's going to be really happy in Walsh Isley. Right. Like a politician came in and cleaned it all up. Um. So in the aftermath books. That's what they say after Jabba dies. There's a guy that like brandishes himself as the new mayor or oh, the new Co- sheriff. Oh, Cobb Van. Yeah. And and he doesn't he like wear Boba Fett's like burnt armor or whatever? And, yeah, you gave and, it away. And, oh, sorry. No. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. It's but great. I don't I don't like that narrative because if you remember, the Empire is only there because they're looking for the droids. It's like a it's it's a it's Second only to like Nal Hudda or like Nar Shada. Like there's, uh-huh. you know, and I think I, I, I didn't like it in the book when they said, oh, in the aftermath book, when they said, oh, this guy came and he got rid of the huts. I feel like Jabba would die and then there'd be a power vacuum and some other gangster or criminal yeah. syndicate yeah, would Crimson come in Dawn, and start. Yeah. Right, yeah, somebody else. It didn't it didn't make sense for me. So so I kind of forgot about that until I watched the episode. And then I was like, oh, that's why. Because when they were when the droid said there's no bounty hunting here, I was like, wait, why? This is we're like th- there, this would literally be the place. <laughs> right. And then I. So, yeah, I don't I don't like that narrative. But no. It, the, so so the Cobb Van thing is interesting because that is one of my theories that I want to dive into in our next segment. But you're, you're right. Um I think that the sheriff came in, clean up Moss Eisley, and that was what Filoni wanted to get across with this episode is how much the galaxy has changed um, since Return of the Jedi and kind of the the struggles that these characters are going to have to deal with and kind of resetting our expectations of what it is, even though, you know, you got 400 references to the prior movies in this one episode. And we, you, and we did see some changes. It's like you said, there's, 
obviously not people around like there were in um, the original trilogy. The cantina itself was run by a droid when they didn't even serve their kind in there before. Beautiful. There was a wasp sitting at the bar that which I <laughs> right. Whatever, whatever. But um, I just I think we we can see that post empire change without specifically shoehorning in Tatooine. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of annoyed that they went there. I don't, I don't think uh, of how vast a galaxy is. I don't know why we had to end up there. Agreed. Tatooine makes sense to me if it's we're there for Fett because it makes sense that maybe Fett would still be there. Ah, okay. But, but I don't think that that, like, I don't think we're going to be in Tatooine the next episode. I think I don't think I don't so. think that's the, what they were doing with it. I yeah. like that angle. I want to elaborate off that in a little bit. Vic, you're the oh. you're the one holdout. Hey, I'm big enough to take care of myself here. Um, <laughs> you know, I think we saw at the start of Tatooine in the next episode. We got to find out who the person is at the end of the show. But, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions, obviously. But that's why there's next week's episode. That's true. I, I will say this. I, I don't want to seem sloppy to me. It seems it's, I you're sloppy. <laughs> oh. I will say this. I want to just say a few things about – I want to get these things off my chest um, before we move on to the things that I actually like. Because I want to end the show on a positive note because there were some <laughs> things I really did like about the show. But I will say this. I've already mentioned it. I thought the acting from Amy Sedaris, uh, who I'm not a fan of. I just want to be clear that I am not a fan of Amy Sedaris. I respect her work as a comedian. Um, I thought that she, her, you know, my buddy Jason at Rebel Force, oh, you know, she felt very Star Wars. I completely disagree. I do not think her character felt very Star Warsy at all. I thought that she looked like an SNL version of Ripley from Alien. Uh, I thought that her whole costume was like totally off. I thought her, she did not understand the delivery that, Star Wars deserved, uh, but it reminded me of the pod racing announcers uh, portrayed by Greg Proops, the comedian, and uh, the other guy, right? But John Favreau has this like obsession with bringing in his buddies or his people he's worked with, which is fine. You, he has the right. He is, he has the right. I want to be clear to bring in whoever he wants to be on this show. I just think that Amy Sedaris is such a unique and striking actor that it was almost overshadowing of all those scenes. And maybe that was the intention, but it didn't play very well for me. And I I don't want to see Amy Sedaris or Horatio Sands or Brian Posehn and any uh, Mandalorian episodes in the future. And I'm very nervous about one of my favorite comedians ever, Bill Burr appearing in future episodes. I don't get it. I thought, you know, I don't want to know who these actors are uh, when they pop onto the show. I mean, I don't know if Bruce Willis shows up on an episode of Mandalorian. I might be like, bro, come on. Like, Hell this yeah, is man. too much. Let's Will Smith, Men in Black style, Tommy Lee Jones. Come, no, man. I don't want I, you to know who these people are. I'm going to counterpoint you there because I actually thought Amy Sedaris was one of my favorite parts of the episode. I am I am a fan of hers. I think uh, – Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, Strangers with Candy, BoJack Horseman. She's main characters on all those shows. They're all great. I think she's great on them. Um, I think she disappeared into that role. Like if I didn't recognize her voice, I, d- I don't know that I would have recognized her face automatically. I'll agree with um, that. I'll, ag- I'll th- definitely agree with that. 
And I, I think she pulled it off. She was this like, she's like a little silly, which she's living on this desolate planet with like her main interaction is with droids that don't really speak English. And she's a mechanic and she like obviously has been around the block a little bit. She grabs the blaster. She's dumping a dead body in Beggar's Canyon and all these things. And, um, but she's mm. still compassionate. She wanted to take care of the baby. And she was like, hey, you can't do this. You've got to be better. She fixed his ship when she was pretty sure she wasn't really going to get paid for it, even though she ultimately did. Um, I think that character worked, and I think she did a good job at it. I actually liked Brian Posehn, too. I think he worked fine. I thought Horatio Sands was horrible. but I will. Um, I, I, yeah, Kyle, I love Brian Posehn. I thought he was great, too. I just didn't need to see, I was like, damn, it's Brian Posehn. It was obviously like, oh. him. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. I, I didn't mind her performance, but anytime in this this show or anything else where someone is just a human, I'm like, why wasn't she like a Twilight or something? Why? Oh, like, okay. You know, I've... Her and the and yeah. the guy, um, well, not even just because of it's a person you might know, but just in general, I f- feel like, you know, we had Dominic who got in all this makeup to be in the scene to be have no speaking lines and ha- be in the scene for thirty seconds, but yet we have someone who's like a big part of the episode is just a human. The, the one, the one thing that I have, and it's interesting you said that because I have a two-parter to this. Number one, I am starting to get turned off by the human um, laughter coming out of Baby Yoda. I thought that was very jarring because um, it was definitely a human laugh. It would, had no Yoda <laughs> laugh at all in it. Um, it was just a very human baby laugh that was jarring to me. But I will say this, Josh, you're right, man. Like Some of the delivery of these lines not necessarily has to be played by an alien, but what is the allergy to subtitles? Why can't we hear some different alien languages? Why can't we get more subtitles? But why are why is the delivery so American? And I get it. It's for Disney Plus. It's for mainstream consumption. But my God, like even in episode four, the villagers, I mean, they sounded like they just got off the L train in Chicago. They're like, oh, what's up, Mando? Like, how you doing, man? Like, I just live in this village for the last like 80 generations and I talk totally normal. It just Star Wars to me. I want to hear different voices. I want to hear a little spin on it. Give me more Werner Herzog. Give me Christoph Waltz all day. Like, I want to hear some spins on the English language. I, on one hand, I totally agree with you. Um, and but at the same time, Luke and Obi-Wan and, uh, you know, Lars and Shmi and the, I mean, these people basically spoke English, you know, it's pretty much normal human English. And I wonder if part of the reason that we don't see a few more aliens in like main speaking roles or um, foreign alien languages or whatever is because it is a TV show and production is faster and budget is lower. And, you know, it takes time and money to put Mm. people in makeup and develop languages and teach them and all those kind of things. Disagree. We had a, we had, like I said, Dominic was in the makeup chair for a billion hours to, for no speaking role. And we had, we had other aliens in the bar. He was probably only on camera one or two times. You know, Amy Sedaris was on camera for probably weeks. That is for true. That sh- for that, that show. That is true. Yeah. You know, I, I don't right. know. I could be totally wrong. Well, well, well speaking of humans, what, can we talk about Toro? Can we talk about El Toro, the bull, <laughs> the uh, the rookie bounty hunter? Listen, I'll, 
l- let me be clear. I think the character, like the like how the character w- should have been uh, portrayed is fantastic. He's a rookie bounty hunter. He's trying to slime his way into getting an experienced bounty hunter so he can get in the guild. I like the double play at the end where he's trying to figure things out. And, um, you know, that was fine. I think the actual written character is fine. The execution of that role was poor at best. That dude was like a backstreet boy. He was like saved by the bell. And I get it. They were probably going for a young, hip-looking dude. But what's with the earring? Um, What is with... What is with desecrating Han Solo's seat at the cantina? Now, this is another. Hey, why po- wasn't there a scorch mark on the wall there? Can anybody explain <laughs> that to me? I <laughs> cleaned it up. Yes. Oh, right? please. Look at that. That would have been. Talk about Easter eggs. Ago. Talk about Easter eggs. That would have been a killer Easter egg. But, I mean, dude, how are you going to cut to a, a scene? And I, listen, I know some some people that really love it, and they love the fact that he was sitting in, in Han Solo's chair. I, for one, I no, I just told you guys I'm a Han Solo freak. Don't desecrate the throne, bro. Like, I don't need Toro, the rookie bounty hunter, scuffing his boots on that table. Uh, like, come on, man. Just have some respect. <laughs> didn't, didn't Han, like, throw uh, some creds to the – the uh, bartender yes. and say like sorry about the mess or something. Yeah, so that's where your scorch marks are. Uh, there oh please, you, go. you know he pocketed that. He didn't <laughs> buy a made droid. Woo her. He got that calamari flan and just got lit. Hey Chris, I had. Uh, can I rewind for just one second? Hell yeah, hell yeah. How did how did Woody Harrelson hit you in um in Solo? Oh, that's a great question. I when he was cast in that movie, I go, uh, what? <laughs> Excuse, come again? Um. I like, well, okay. So if I want to tell you uh, how I felt about the character versus the actor, I was really hoping that they were going to follow the solo novels and have that mentor role, that more, and yes, I know Tobias Beckett was was a mentor to Han Solo, and I can't think of uh, the name off the top of my head of, of Han's mentor in the novels, and it'll come to me in moments. But Woody Harrelson... I thought did a really great job in that movie and was definitely immersed in his character. Um, the one, but I will tell you that I did. It, it is kind of weird to see him in Zombieland then compare it with Solo. It's almost the same. I mean, he's almost got the same swagger going. I don't like how he's chewing on peanuts all the time. That's kind of a weird look. But um, <laughs> I, I will say that that's a great question because yeah, he's one of the most recognizable actors uh, in America. And I thought he did a fantastic job being immersed in that character. Well, and I, I just asked, cause we were talking about like people that you recognize and how it pulls you out. And Woody Harrelson is awesome. I love Woody Harrelson, but he kind of just plays Woody Harrelson. Right. And that's so what if you like that, Zombieland. it's good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, watching Zombieland and watching Tobias Beckett, you can just drop the two in there. Um, you know, I think he worked for that role, kind of. There's n- but I yeah, agree with you. Yeah, Space Twinkies. Yeah. <laughs> space Twinkies. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But let's, you know, this Toro guy, uh, I don't necessarily hate the character. I just didn't like the actor. Did you guys, uh, did you guys like the actor? No. I, I didn't think he did a great job either. And I thought he, the actor aside, I think the character was written as kind of incompetent. And, and yet when the Mando was sitting there and they're waiting, um, he was asleep or pretending to be asleep or whatever. And they let him pull a gun on the Mando like four times. I think that like, 
<laughs> sort of undermined him a little bit. I couldn't believe that. Right. Well, doesn't that show how much of a badass Amando is? It's like, he ain't going to shoot me. He knows better. I, I know, like that scene. I you did. know, to me, him as an actor, being a younger guy, you know, he, he did what he was supposed to do. He never done a bounty hunt before. He's brand new to bounty hunting. He's trying to prove himself somehow, but has no idea what the hell he's doing. You know, he, I thought he did a good job playing the idiot and then doing the double turn at the end. I, th- I, I didn't mind him at all. You know who he reminded me of was uh, whoa, what's his name? Edwin Sleesbagano from uh, what is that? Attack of the Clones, where they're in the the bar and he's asking for the death sticks. Oh, the death stick oh, salesman yeah. or whatever. Revenge yeah. of the Sith. Yeah. Hey, you want to buy some death sticks? That's dude. That's Toro all day, man. He just <laughs> you know if he if he survived, you know. But I will say uh, there were a lot of things I did like about the episode. I don't want to really harp on it too much. I think. The music was different in this episode um, from prior ones. It was it was definitely lacking in a lot of places, but the music that we did get was um, a really like microcosm of what this composer is trying to do with that industrial and classical mix. Um, the music, the scene over the swoops, which were, I mean, that was a Shadows of the Empire nod, if I have ever seen one, which I definitely love. Huge Shadows of the Empire guy. To finally see some swoops, side-by-side action, I was like, oh, Dash Randar all day, baby. Um, but the the soundtrack over that swoop scene was very good. I don't know if you guys picked up on any of the soundtrack notes. I mean, it was no. good. I don't, yeah, I don't have any, like, I'm not on music like you, Chris. It was good. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> really good. good. Are, are we done saying stuff we didn't like? I got a couple more things. Oh, shit. Oh, are we going there? Oh, let's go there, dude. Well, yeah. I, I can move on. But, but like, I, one thing that really did bother me, and it was in the cold open, it, why the hell did he say, I can bring you in warm or why I can bring you in cold? Like, why did he say that? I don't it, do all of the bounty hunters say that now, and then it's not even that cool. Or I, <laughs> I don't know, man. That, like, Oh, Kyle, well, you read every, my mind. Every old West bounty hunter I could bring in dead or alive. Maybe that's just the, the Star Wars universe version of dead or alive. Well, then you that see, every Western. That, oh, d- that right, makes Vic, it more right, lame right. to me, though. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was the thing that the Mando said. That's like his catchphrase. That's his, like, uh, you know, that's his Ezekiel from I mean, Pulp Fiction. I mean, we know it was his, though. Just because he said it and we didn't hear anybody else say it. We didn't, we didn't see anybody else on a bounty hunt, you know, talking to someone else. No, no I you you could be right, but then that just means now that's something that all the bounty hunters say. That's lame to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's look. it's less cool now if that's what all the bounty hunters say. I agree. I thought that was the Mandalorian's line, and I thought that that was a really nice touchstone that he would have. That cold open, I guess, you know what? I didn't really think about that too much. I think that set the tone for the whole episode for me. It was pretty lame. Um, he, he, you know, I, I appreciate that he pulled the move that he pulled to blast the dude out of space. But, uh, Sorry, but did he even pull a move? He got shot and his his engine went down and then the guy flew right by him and just appeared in his in his sights. That is like, true. I, he doesn't seem like, like a, a great total, pilot. I, I I don't know. It seems like a total Deus Ex Machina <laughs> like uh, I, the whole I I'm with you. I was already turned off from the cold open. It was brutal, man. Uh one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie was the speeder bike 
and they're in the dark and she's sniping down at him and they're shooting the flares off and she has a thermal scope. You know, we finally get to see the speeder bike. We haven't seen it yet. And it was one of the biggest things the celebration they showed was that speeder That's bike true. on display. And we finally get to see it. But that scene with them two with the speeder bikes and her sniping, I thought was really cool. I love the the shooting of the flares, him taking the bullet, you know, right to his armor and just taking it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. No, that was that was a great scene, uh, and I did enjoy that scene too. I, you know, you saw that scene in a lot of the promo footage where he kind of rolled up on the swoop, and that flare was in the sky. Um, so that was finally nice to see that come out in the show. But to to kind of dive back into something I didn't like, you just reminded me another <laughs> uh, another writing mistake in my opinion. So you leave Baby Yoda on the Razor Crest. We already talked about that. But, dude, you just brought up Fennec Shan's rifle, and even the Mandalorian makes a reference to this modified rifle. Why mm-hmm. does the Mandalorian leave his pulse rifle, the most powerful weapon we have maybe seen besides a lightsaber uh, and the Death Star cannon and Star Killer base, but the most powerful weapon that we have seen a person carry on the ship? Like, wouldn't you think if you're going to go hunt somebody, you would take your incredibly powerful disintegrator pulse rifle that has a scope on it. I don't know. Call me crazy, but I wouldn't have left that on the ship. I would have loaded up with all my supplies and been like, dude, this is one of the most notorious Imperial killers ever. Uh, I want to load up and get this person taken, you know, captive. I don't know. Just another writing question mark. I scratch my head about. You think he would, uh, equipped himself a little more thoroughly right does yeah. he have a scope and a thermal reading inside his helmet already no he no he we we assume that yes he does have the thermal reader we've seen that in the last episode episode four mm-hmm. with the scope i'm not so certain we've seen that through the visor he took mm-hmm. that off of his um his well, rifle he has a thermal though it. he can at least see her in the dark already sure but he couldn't yeah, shoot he's, at her and he's not trying to kill her well okay you know, clearly he left her alive at the end. He could have just killed her. That's true. Uh, and I guess maybe I don't know enough about the tracking fobs. If he were to disintegrate her like he did all those Jawas, those poor, sweet baby <laughs> Jawas. Um, they deserve you know, to die. <laughs> if there was no tracking fob, could you collect on the bounty if the corpse was disintegrated? Probably depends on the terms of the bounty. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, yeah, once again. Didn't want to dive into the questionable writing decisions, but I did think that that swoop scene was pretty fun. The thermal, you know, the, the shootout with those flares, Vic, you're spot on. That was a fun scene. Um, it was nice to see some action in this episode. But uh, the other thing I like seeing right after that was was the Mandalorian on the dewback. Um, that's something I've wanted to see for a long time, and we finally got to see it in live action. Um, that was a f- fun little nod. Um you know, for me, uh, but it was, it, that was cool. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like what, what else did you guys, I don't know. Just, just let's talk. What is it for better I, or worse? I think I'm, I think I'm done like totally trash talking, but, um, <laughs> I thought when they met with the Tuscan Raiders, that was kind of a cool little scene. I do love yeah. star Wars world building. That's like one of my favorite things. And so instead of just presenting them as these, ruthless savages they kind of explained that well these are the indigenous people and if you just you know treat them with a little bit of respect and they consider these other people to be the outsiders and those kind of thing i thought it was like kind of a cool perspective on that 
One thing that I found fascinating about that scene in particular, and it didn't hit me until the second watching, was the Mandalorian. He he in himself is very. I, I I don't know if this is the right term in Star Wars. He's very worldly. He knows a lot about other cultures. He knows a lot about you know um, you know what's what's right and what's wrong. Um, but he also learned how to speak uh, because remember with the Jawas, he was about ready to blow everyone's face off because they, they wrecked his ship and he communicated with the Tusken Raiders in a different form. So I think that's almost like a form of character. Yeah, they had some kind of sign language that they did. Yeah, it was cool. That was a great scene. Um, I was waiting for, I was waiting for that though. Were, did anyone kind of predict that, that they were going to do a camera pan right into Tusken Raiders? I totally thought that someone was going to pull out a scope or the Binox. And or they're the right same. on top of you. Yeah, and the same thing in New Hope. Yeah, I, I, I think that that whole piece, too, set up more. Well, like, they've been building this case or the character building of the Mandalorian as being this, like, really honorable person. And I think just the respect for the indigenous people and all that stuff is – I mean, obviously, it's smart, too, because you don't get yourself into a bad situation. But I just – I like that they're building him. It reminds me of, you know, Boba Fett did bad things, but he was always, like, honorable with his bounties. So it's like following that kind of Mandalorian oh, yeah, code yeah. that they had in the EU. It's it's I, I think it's cool. That's a good point. Uh, so, listen, you know – <laughs> <laughs> the one positive, another positive. Let's just let's say another positive here is that um, you know this this target Fennec Shand um, was cap was captured right, and you had that little fun uh, play back and forth where she kind of outed the Mandalorian, um, ended up getting her shot, whatever you know. But it was a nice little uh, back and forth that I thought. Uh, the actor of uh, Ming-Na Wen, I think her That's uh, right. name is. Yep. Yeah, she, um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, we talked a little bit about this pre-show. I don't think she's dead. I think she's too good of an, an actor to bring back, um, or too good, too good of an actor not to bring back. But, um, you know, she I did, would... She did name that planet that we have up till now not had a Navarro. name for. Did you notice that? Yes. Yes, yes. Sorry, I didn't put that in my notes. Um well, no, okay, so I got a little confused about Navarro. I don't know. Okay, so it <laughs> took me the second watching to figure out that Navarro was the planet where that's they where had the, the shootout, shootout was. Yeah, the, man, the Mando, where all the Mandos came out of the conclave and shot up the bounty hunters. See, I thought the first watching was that was the home world of where the the Mandalorian comes from, and she she had that information. It was just kind of sticking the knife in and twisting it, right? Like, oh no, you're stupid if you thought that. Yeah, oh, totally. No, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, what are we on Twitter? Um, you know, so the thing is, I mean, I, I'm excited to know about Navarro now. I've never heard a reference to that planet before up to this point, so that's kind of cool. Um, Definitely not Tatooine, so that's cool. <laughs> but I want more from Fennec Shand. I want more from this character. Like, I want more from Cara Dune and Omera. I want to see where this goes. So I think that, um, and well, you know what, let's save, let's save that theory for the next segment of our show. Um, what else do you guys want to chat about on this episode? Um, the droids back at the hangar, uh, me being a gamer for so long, I used to like Mega Man a lot. And yeah. those droids remind me of the little droids you shot in the game and they pop up and they shoot you back. It looked identical to what was in <laughs> the video true. game, like Mega Man two. That's the only thing I kept thinking of. 
they're from uh, Watto's little shop, right? The yeah, pit truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you, yeah. you boop them on the no- nose, and they 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 kind of go down. What's uh? Hit the nose! Hit the nose! Yippee! (laughs) (laughs) I uh, should have said this earlier, but I think the thing that really set me up for failure with this episode was several people from Lucasfilm or people in the know who had seen the episode early were talking about how amazing this episode was and it was like going to be huge and then so i had like really big like expectations for there you know to there to be something like the mandalorians coming in on their jetpacks like something that level happening in this episode and it turns out that i think what they were referencing was tatooine like look at all the references womp rats he's no good to me dead (laughs) dune c carbon scoring you know insert star wars mad libs here it was just like all right like i get it it's the language of the universe and yes they're they're going to use that language but man oh man was was it too too much all together you know agree like fan service I, it was too much fan service, I think. Yeah. I got enough fan service in the first two episodes, man. Like, like you brought me back home, and you you helped me learn about a new character, and you you dropped enough references for me to, as a diehard, to get bought in. I don't need to. I don't need to have this. Episode. Keep it coming, man. Rain it on me. Keep it coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd rather have a new story. <laughs> yeah, I, I I kind of agree, dude. But I think that next week's episode, when the Mandalorian gets Finn's jacket, uh, aka Poe's jacket, we're just gonna, or that's where it emanates from. The, you know, that's where it goes to. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's like, <sighs> and it's. I I don't know what it was. I I think maybe it was just too much altogether because the the no good to me dead like made me roll like my it. eyes, but. You know, uh, I don't think we mentioned this. I don't know that I even mentioned it in our text, but in that episode where they were on Navarro, where they had the big shootout, um, Grief Karga said, uh, I'm your only hope. And I, that actually worked really oh, well for wow. me, you know? And I, but I, I don't know this, I don't know that I, maybe I'm just being sour grapes about this episode for some reason. Do you think Cyber Monday week's got us all a little... A little melted down. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, you know, I, I had those guilty thoughts. And I, and it's, you know, the one dangerous thing about being a Star Wars fan is having you know, a, a personal opinion, right? Like, and yeah. I discovered it this week, definitely not as hard as I have in the past, because I'm, I'm a known Last Jedi, uh, not hater, but just I didn't enjoy it. And I don't hide my opinion hater. on it. Uh, I'm not a hater. I didn't like it. Um <laughs> It doesn't work for me. Kind of like this episode doesn't work for me. But what's it's scary cool that you're just is a fake fan. It's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Dang man, come on, bro. I uh, <laughs> so fake. I've got you know. Uh, no, have here's you even ever that, seen a Star War? No, I just <laughs> I've heard about it from you guys. No, here's the thing. Um, it's dangerous to have an opinion that is not fully bought into the entire, like if you don't love every single thing that star Wars puts out, it's dangerous to speak out against it. You know, but the difference is what I want to do is have a conversation about it. I'm not out there making YouTube videos saying that, you know, last Jedi needs to get remade or we're going to rewrite it. Or you killed my hero. No, bro. Like I just want to talk about it. Why do you like it? What is it about the show that you like? What, you know, um, 
but it's okay to not like everything. Not everyone that reads Harry Potter loves all books equally. Not everyone loves, you know, their subsequent stories and whatever they are, Crimes of Gryffindor. Uh, but you can insert any franchise. The Ninja Turtles franchise died off after what? At movie two? And I know they made other ones. Um, the Richie, Richie Ritz sequel didn't do anything, right? Like, whatever, dude. But my thing is this. Like, if you have an opinion about Star Wars that do, that goes against you have to like everything, you have to love everything, that's okay. And I like, and this is one of those episodes where, you know, I felt talked down to about my opinions. I definitely felt talked down to on Twitter, reading other people's, um, you know, telling us that, we should have we should have loved this episode. There's, you know, you need to love this episode and everything that they give you. This is the content that they give you. And they spent $12 million an episode, so you need to love it. And I'm like, bro, I don't have to. Like, I, I, I will say this. I am more excited now about The Rise of Skywalker because it's like, I don't know, 14 days away or whatever than I am for the next episode of Mandalorian. But this is also a film I've spent my entire life watching, and I want to see how it ends. I'm not necessarily excited to revisit Chapter 5 of The Mandalorian. I don't know. But I'm just, I'm once again, off my soapbox. No, I, th- I think you're right, though. And uh, I, the difference is we maybe didn't appreciate that episode. It wasn't one of our favorites, but that doesn't mean we think – uh, Dave Filoni is a horrible person or an untalented person. It doesn't mean we think that the actors in it are terrible and they should never work again. And I, th- I think that's the like the big difference is I didn't care for that episode. If you really loved it, I, I probably get why you did like it. I right. still love the show. I still think the people involved in it are some of the most talented creators out there. Um, that's why they're involved in this huge budget, huge franchise show. But um, you know, there's people out there who aren't like that. If they don't love it, then everything about it is horrible and everybody involved with it is stupid and horrible. And, you know, it just snowballs into this crazy thing. Right. Well, I feel like that's with just this, uh, society today. Anyway, no one can agree to disagree anymore. Everyone has to have their opinion is the only way it's the right way. You know, like you, Chris, it's okay to have a disagreement on this show, but, Discuss about it. You know, I don't have to hate you for not liking the show, and you don't have to hate me for liking the show. Right. I love you know? that you love the show. I absolutely Everyone, love. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I like the way and the uh, way Game of Thrones ended. I didn't mind it. I liked it. Oof. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I Fight don't me. know enough. Yeah. Fight yeah. me. <laughs> but you know, that's just my opinion. You know, I'm easily pleased. I, I enjoy the entertainment aspect of it. Yeah. I'm not gonna break it down like you know some other people would like you know they're into books or whatnot i enjoy it for the entertainment aspect of it that's why i'm a star wars fan yes no star wars movie's ever gonna win an academy war for best acting or best script or anything like that it's entertaining it's fun for me to watch it's my childhood and i'll like anything it comes out with I love everything that you just said, Vic. You were so pure. Uh, <laughs> I love it, dude. I, uh, you know, you you mentioned Game of Thrones, and I I can do an entire podcast on the Walking <laughs> Dead. Uh, the Walking Dead is one of my my other big fandoms, um, and I am one of the lone survivors out of all my friends that have still watched these shows after a while because a lot of my friends just fell off. Justin's with you on that one. Oh, okay, I yeah. yeah. He I, gets the comics too. But it's okay for me to say, like, yo, I actually didn't like seasons of that show, mm-hmm. and I still stuck with it, and it's still one of my favorite franchises. Um, you know, I, I'm not necessarily a fan of Attack of the Clones, 
but I, I enjoy watching the movie. I know when I do my Mandalorian season rewatches, I'm going to watch this. It's not going to be my favorite, but I'm going to watch it. And there might be something new I discover, uh, with each watch. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to feel bad and I don't want anyone to feel bad for not liking something. It's okay. It's totally fine. But it, when he, I hear people that actually love it, like Vic, when you're telling me that you love it for all the reasons you listed, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I, dude, I totally respect that. I love it. It makes me happy, for sure. I think it all just goes back to what Kyle was saying. I think the people that are getting down on people for having a reasonable negative reaction, they're just so used to the 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 fans who are – super negative and you know everyone like ryan johnson is the worst and ryan johnson For shouldn't sure. work any, like they're so used to negative responses being that now that i think people that have reasonable responses are getting like lumped in with that oh that you're spot on dude and i would just want to get this on record uh, known last jedi disliker guy right here talking however knives out i got to see it over the so weekend good. Oh my God, this is <laughs> so the type good. of movie Ryan Johnson crushed it. He absolutely crushed it. And Killed like, it. I got goosebumps talking about it. It's, you know, I see on average, I see anywhere between 30 and 50 movies a year. And, um, this is, this is, this is, this is at my, <laughs> this is, uh, this is at the top of my list. This is a top five. It's really film. good. Yeah. Really, really good. Top five 2019 film. I think any listener, what was I was so excited to see that he was doing a movie like this after The Last Jedi because here, I never, ever have said that I don't think that he is an incredibly talented director. I think that the writing was strange. I think the execution of the movie was strange. And I think the, the kind of the direction they went was off kilter. Once again, we're going to dive into that at another show. But I wanted to see what Ryan Johnson could do with a full cast in post star wars life and he absolutely delivered it so um yes josh you're you're right i'm not i never went out there and bashed ryan johnson i never said he was a bum or they should redo the last jedi i wanted to see what he can do as a director and writer and he absolutely delivered with knives out i recommend anyone to go see that movie anybody should see it it's really fun it's a fun you know it's a it's an american whodunit caper and my goodness, I don't want to give anything else away other than the cast is fantastic and the actors. Everybody did a great job, didn't they? It's so, so good. good. Um, but anyway, sorry. Um, let's 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 get back to this episode because there's a there's still a lot to talk about. I know we're going to cover a lot in our next segment, but let's wrap this segment up with maybe our favorite part of the show. And I and I'll tell you, I you know there there are a lot of things I liked in this show. Um, I just, I, you know, I, what do I like the best about this show? Actually, no, I know exactly what it is. Um, it's when it's the whole cantina sequence. I, I, I will say that that was the one part of the show that the nostalgia hit me and I go, Oh, okay. Cause you play in Moss Eisley in the battlefront games and you've, you've been there in video games, but we're getting, we're seeing it in live action TV and you're, you're noticing right away. Oh, this is vastly different than the movies. But when he walks in the cantina and you know immediately that curved staircase and that droid scanner is off the wall, that right then and there, I go, oh, we're in for something different. And then the camera pans to the little creature cutaways, you know, New Hope uh, cantina sequence, which I thought they should have done in Force Awakens. I'm going to zip my lips. But um, it was masterfully done. But then you see the EV droids behind the bar and I go, Oh yeah, dude. Like this is so cool because I knew right away. I was like, they're totally 
it's a different world now. That was the one trigger for me to that not have a droid scanner and to have droids run the cantina. But you know, then I've already mentioned how I felt about Toro sitting on Han Solo's seat. I thought the lack of music was very uh, striking, but my favorite part of this show was the cantina reveal. Um, that was so cool. I, I still thought that giant wasp thing sitting at the bar was so weird. <laughs> it didn't even look like a gin ocean or something. It was like an actual just blown up wasp. I, I got to go back like, and look at it. It was so strange to me. Did you guys notice the wasps? I, d- I didn't notice them. I, I noticed the little like dinosaur looking creature. I didn't. I didn't the first time, but the second time I saw it. I'm going to have to check it out. Do it. I mean, I hope it's there. I'm not like hallucinating or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. You have those hallucinogens there, you like there, Kyle? I've made those mistakes before. It, it would be okay. <laughs> pretty sure it's in there. But what, what about you guys? What uh, What is your one favorite takeaway from episode or chapter five, The Gunslinger? Um, I like a good cliffhanger. And uh-huh. I, I'm looking forward to see who it is at the end of the end of the episode. Um, it makes me want to turn in midnight next week, you know, to see it. Oh yeah. You know, game of Thrones known for it, you know, other, um, movies like this are known for like Harry Potter or whatnot, a good cliffhanger, you know, keep you on the, the edge to you know, keep you wanting more, for you know, sure. it gives you the taste of it. You see some boots, but don't know oh, what it is. Vic, we're going to break that down in the next segment for sure, dude. Mm-hmm. I think some of the comedy pieces in this episode were pretty good. Like, not the nostalgia pieces, but just the the little things, like when he's pointing the gun at him and he's acting like he's asleep. He's like, "Are you done?" Like I thought, I I laughed. <laughs> that was good. And, That's and, badass and, and, and I and I like even though it was totally telegraphed when he's like talking shit about the um the sand people, and then mm. he's like, "Well, why don't you ask him that yourself?" Oh, and they're right behind him. Like I yep. I I thought that stuff was good. So. I'd say the exchange with the sand people was probably my favorite part too. I liked the speeder bikes. I've always liked speeder bikes since Jedi. Um, so it was cool to see those. We saw, like you said, at, um, at celebration. Um, but yeah, I, I really like that it's over now and that we get a new one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a hater. Yes. Drinking oh, hate rates tonight. It's yeah, no. I mean, you know, I feel it too. I can't wait for the next one. I don't um, hate it. It's just I'm I, I'm ready to see like some it, huh? more story. Like it, it <laughs> didn't. It just didn't really do much for me. I feel you. And and let's hope. Let's you know I, the next Mandalorian recap show. Let's see how this actually affects us. Um, you know, and and just see if we've if our thoughts have changed because that also has happened to me a lot where I'll have an opinion right after seeing something fresh and it take a week or two to stew on it and it totally changes. So I might get that nostalgia horn and blow it loud uh, by the next time we talk about, you know, the, the next Mandalorian episode. And I, I could be totally wrong. There's something, you know, we never know what in this episode is going to inform what happens in the last three. Um, yep. You know, it just, that's kind of hard for me to tell right now. It just seems like not much really happened. Agreed. So with that, let's talk about what we think is going to happen uh, later on in the show. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. So we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. <laughs> oh, really? You're cold? <laughs> So with that, uh, let's talk about where we think this is going to go or maybe some 
some breadcrumbs, Vic, that were left <laughs> at the tail end of the episode. Um, now, I'm kind of curious, before we dive into that, I, I had someone at work and I've been so crazy busy at work this week. He, you know, he dropped by, I was wearing a Mandalorian tee the other day and he goes, Hey man, did you see that post credit scene? And I go post credits. <laughs> I said, there was something pre credits. He goes, no man, it's post credits. Do any of you guys know about a post credits, anything? Because by the time, like it gets halfway through the title cards, it just it automatically says, yeah. yeah, go to go watch empire strikes back. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, if I had two and a half hours, I would love to, but I got, you know, I got shit to do. Um, well, it just so happens I have it pulled up right now on my web browser, and there's nothing at the end of the. Credits. Okay, so maybe because I, I literally was like, "Do you mean before yeah, the, the pre credits?" Yeah, I think that's what it must be because there's the there's that yeah there's the he flies off planet and then the kind of spur sounding walk up to the body and then it's that fan art and then the credits and nothing else. Uh, so the spur sound, that is, that's what I want to talk about here. So we know at the tail end, the pre-credits sequence, there is, uh, you know, you see the razor crest, whatever he dips or whatever. And, um, the razor crest leaves. And then you see these silhouetted boots walk up to the corpse of Fennec Shan. Now this character also has a Cape, which, you know, there's a lot of caves in Star Wars. Let's be clear. It's um, Lando. <laughs> I knew it all along. <laughs> but what is really, you know, I don't want to say it's Boba Fett, okay? Because I have already gone down that road and talked about <laughs> Boba Fett being on the show and just get blasted for it, yada, yada, yada. It's too predictable, too predictable. I don't know. Here's the thing, man. Um, you match up that Spurs sound to Empire Strikes Back because someone already did. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, one of my dudes on Twitter, Bad Kane, um, who reposted someone else's chop video of the Empire Strikes Back scene where Boba Fett walks into the dining room sequence, uh, matches those Spurs up with the Spurs sounds from the pre credit scene in Chapter 5. It is identical to Boba Fett and it is not even do there's no room for interpretation don't even give me grief is it as identical as that look he does over the shoulder in Return of the Jedi that he also did Son down in the covert oh. <laughs> is that identical yes <laughs> it is that identical no you know um good call good call uh you can't you can't win them all that's the whole point of this segment uh but here's the thing um could it be Boba Fett yes could it be Moff Gideon, a character we're, we're going to see soon, played by Giancarlo uh, Esposito? Um, I think that Fennec Shand, whoever she was going to rendezvous with and Moss Espa, is the person approaching her body. Now, I had another friend on Twitter say, oh, well, um, it couldn't be Moff Gideon. He, why would he travel alone? He's a warlord. And I go, well, you don't know who's behind him. You're just seeing the close-up of the boots and the cape. Could have a whole infantry and a troop carrier behind him. Who knows? Um, but, you know, it, the hard money, strong money points to Moff Gideon. Soft money points to Boba Fett slash Cobb Vanth, who, Josh, you've already mentioned this episode. Cobb Vanth, is the uh, governor or whatever he is basically um, the ruler of Tatooine and uh, not maybe not the entire planet, but he's definitely in charge of Moss Eisley and the surrounding areas who had discovered Boba Fett's armor 
from the explosion of the Sarlacc, right? He took over Boba Fett's armor. Um, do I think that there's going to be an iteration of Cobb Vanth in either the Mandalorian or rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I think that we're going to see this. I, I'm not going to discredit the fact that we're going to see Boba Fett's armor. We know that they were developing a Boba Fett show and a Boba Fett movie. And they spent all this time and how can you not? And, and Disney has been holding on to this because as we know, and we've talked about, he is neither alive nor dead in Canon. And you know, the internet would absolutely explode if Boba Fett were to come on this show in some form. And I still predict to this day that Boba Fett will be the cliffhanger in the final episode of the Mandalorian this season. And it is going to absolutely blow the internet star Wars community, uh, like open wide. Uh, that is where I'm at. That's where I think it's going to be. I don't know. Someone else said it could be Cad Bane. And I was like, don't not to be confused with at bad Kane, my dude, but uh, Cad Bane in this possibly that's a felony dude. I was going to ask this earlier when we were talking about people who could turn up places, but is Cad Bane still alive in I Canon? Know. I know there's the unreleased mm-hmm. thing where he was going to yeah. get shot by a young Boba Fett, but that never really made it to screen. So yeah, I don't know where it. he really stands in star Wars Canon, right? Well, I will say this, his species, the Duros, they have a long lifespan because Shriv is also in uh, Resistance Reborn. And, you know, we we know Shriv from the Battlefront 2 video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is still alive and kicking and super healthy and vibrant, you know, 30 years down the road in Resistance Reborn. We're probably going to see Shriv on screen for Rise of Skywalker. I would be I would be shocked if he does not show up in that massive group of um, aliens and and resistance fighters uh, in those those promo shots. Yeah. So who do you guys think it is? I I think think it's it's Moff Gideon. You think it's you think it's Moff Gideon? Yeah, I think it's too early for Boba Fett. Um, I would agree with you. If they're going to do it, it has to be a cliffhanger for the whole season. I think it's too early to have a story of his arc in the middle of the season. Um, but I think Moff Gideon is my safe bet. Um, you know, obviously there could be the death troopers behind him and whatnot, but, um, we haven't seen his character and I'm looking forward to it. I love his character in Breaking Bad. Absolutely. Oh, it's the best, the best. He's such an incredible actor. I think if it's not the sheriff, it's the Moff. But I was thinking if, if Boba Fett doesn't have his armor, we do end up seeing him in this show. Did they get, did they bring, uh, Tamara Morrison back to play him? Okay. Great question. <laughs> and I've been thinking about this like crazy. I think, no, I don't think they bring him because he's too old now. He's just way too old. Okay. Even in, you know, you're even five, six years past Return of Jedi, unless they, you know, put some prosthetic or makeup because obviously he blasted himself out of the Sarlacc pit uh, or maybe he didn't. Oh, thanks for being so vague, Disney. Anyways, um, we, we want to find out what happens to Boba Fett. It could be Tamara Morrison. My thing is this, dude, I think long term. And I'm getting very uh, intense right now. I got to take a deep breath. I think long term, Boba Fett is going to have some type of interplay with the Camino cloners because, as we know, Boba Fett is a clone. And we know that Dr. Pershing has the Camino clone uh, emblem. And we know that he wants to extract something from Baby Yoda, potentially to clone. We don't know. But I think that is how Boba Fett is actually going to get tied into this. And he, Boba Fett, will be the guide to the Mandalorian to infiltrate the Camino cloning facilities to extract baby Yoda at some point. I think someone will eventually get baby Yoda from the grasp 
of the Mandalorian and it will make its way to the Camino cloning labs. And that is when Boba Fett comes in and guides the Mandalorian through the Camino cloning facility to extract baby Yoda. I don't know. Tinfoil hat or what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought something totally different, which is pretty standard, I guess. But um, when I saw that person walking up, I thought it was going to be Moff Gideon's, like his personal right-hand man. You know what I mean? Uh, I think uh, Moff Gideon is the person who was um, directing Werner Herzog's character to get the asset to get the child. Um, And now that all of Werner Herzog's bounty hunters got taken out, I think that Moff Gideon is the one who's now trying to catch... um, the asset and the Mandalorian cause they're together. So his person, his like right hand man that he knows is going to get the job done or whatever is on it now. And he's tracking down the Mandalorian and we saw him getting that close. Cause he's, you know, like trying to catch up to him and that's the last place we saw him. So no, could I, be totally I, wrong, but I like that theory. I like that theory. I wonder, um, who this person would be and if he's more of a, a figure than Dr. Pershing, uh, not as big of, of a wimp. Um, but that, you know, that's, yeah, that's I, I think this is like his, in, in his like enforcer person, his, his rook that, uh, that, Thrawn oh, had. you know wow. what I mean? That kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So you don't think that it's, uh, Amy Sedaris's character coming back and trying to, uh, become a bounty hunter of sorts. So Peli Motto is not the, uh, pre credits, uh, silhouette there. That was not the impression I got. Okay, okay. I mean, <laughs> I got to cross everything off the list. No, we can't leave any stone unturned here. Um, who knows, man? I, I think that this is a good. I think it's a great cliffhanger. I will tell you, and it's definitely caused some speculation and some uh, some conversation. I will tell you, the people I've talked to um, about this episode uh, have all, all unanimously, unanimously said Boba Fett. Now these are casual fans. These are these are you know I've seen Empire Strikes Back, seen Return of the Jedi, but never read a book. Um, these are casual fans, Any and they're book? all yeah. Well, <laughs> Any Star Wars book, um, it, it is unanimous. Boba Fett, and for whatever, I'm ready for Boba Fett to show up for no other reason than we don't hear that every single thing that happens is going to be Boba Fett now. Every character, uh, in the you're one of those every guys, shoe huh? and every like. Oh my gosh, every single thing that we aren't given a clear answer on, half of the world thinks it's Boba Fett. I just, I think that he's going to play a pivotal, no, I mean, you're right, Kyle. I was so, you know, I was just being excited about the the Mandalorian and the, <laughs> well, and the I'm, not, I'm not trying to like subtly target you. <laughs> well, I'm the craziest one on here. In, uh, I, I, re- I see a lot of Star Wars talk on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You know, everything. Oh, well, that's Boba Fett. Well, that's Boba Fett. Well, that's Boba Fett. Well, now Boba Fett's going to show up. And I'm like, I don't, this isn't the Boba Fett show. No, Boba it's Fett's not. not even I, like a real Mandalorian. No, and either is Boba Fett. So my thing is this. Uh, I really think that he's going to take on that mentor. And I think we talked about this on one of our earlier episodes. I think Boba Fett will make an appearance as a mentor. Uh, but I really think it's going to have uh, implications at the Camino cloning facility. So that's my, that's my hot take. What if Boba Fett's the big villain for season two? I don't think Boba Fett's going to be a villain. 
I don't Never unless know. it's a, unless it's a, a, a twist at the end of season two. I really think that you're gonna you're gonna have some compassion. You're gonna have a fatherly figure. Um, you're gonna have someone who, um, when he goes back to Camino, is gonna have flashbacks of being a clone and living through all the damages that uh, Boba Fett had lived through his entire life to turn him into a ruthless, cold uh, character. And you're gonna get some humanization out of this character that's gonna just expand the Boba Fett storyline to all of our fans. I think they're going to do it justice. You know, once again, this, this is the one nugget that Disney has held onto uh, that they haven't fully exploited. And I think uh, unless they can come up with something that is just as strong or stronger as Baby Yoda, um, I, I can't think of what that is, but I also never thought of a Baby Yoda. So um, we <laughs> might be totally surprised. Did you guys pre-order the plushies? Yeah. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I did. Me too. And 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 the plushie and the um the big pop. I, I did not inch. know that pop the is life size terrifying. Pop. <laughs> the pop is I, I could not I cannot order the pop. It is grotesque. I got, I got too many twelve inch pops at home already. <laughs> I couldn't do it, man. I wanted so bad. He the pop, I'm just so mad at the pose. The Baby Yoda pop pose. It's just not even like – it doesn't elicit any drama to me. It's just like standing there dead-eyed like with his little hand up. And I'm like, what? Like your head the nature of a pop. Well, yeah, be, but – You're going to be jealous when I have it and you don't. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I, I want to get that drone egg and kind of carry the little plushy guy around with me everywhere I go. So is there anything else you guys think is going to happen before we move in and blow this thing and get out of here? No, mm. <laughs> we touched. I, mean, I think we touched I on it here, all. I was sitting here trying to do the math on how old Tamina Morrison is and how old Boba Fett would be, and then I was like, "Oh, maybe Daniel Logan's old enough." Like, I, I would, I would be more. That's the person I thought of. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Logan for sure. I would definitely be probably more prone to to casting Daniel Logan than I would Tamira. But have you guys seen Daniel Logan in anything outside of a sci-fi channel movie? No. <laughs> I mean, so no. I don't know what his acting chops are like. I know he's petitioned. To get on it, and uh, our buddy uh, Dominic Pace is friends with Daniel Logan. Uh, maybe maybe we'll uh, get some insider info from that and see what's going on. No, he didn't pop up this episode, so we couldn't ask him. That's true. I think I'll I'll save that note for next time we chat with him. Uh, so if nothing else, you're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Got a really good feeling about this. So this is a conclusion of another episode of the Star Wars Friends show, and it's uh, it's been a doozy. I don't can't say it's been uh, <laughs> very positive, Vic. I'm sorry that we were so negative this week. Haters, but no, man. You know that's all about opinions, and and Star Wars, the, the Star Wars community um, is entitled to having their opinions, and I think this show was a strong um, showing of that. And it's just it brings us together, man. If you you can have clear conversations with your Star Wars friends about what you liked and what you didn't like, it just makes the experience a lot better, uh, in my opinion. Uh, But with that, we made it to episode six, guys. We finally did it. We connected. We hooked up. Yay! Yeah. (laughs) You know, we've been talking about doing this episode for days, and our schedules were just so wild. Um, You know, I'm I'm looking forward. Hopefully, we can connect this week on a Rise of Skywalker, uh, you know, kind of prediction show. I would love to get into that with you guys. Um, and, and any of you guys at home, uh, if you're listening to us, 
and or you're on your car or you're at work and you got your headphones in if you have something you want to add to the conversation we want to hear from you we want to be your star wars friends so please hit us up at sw friends show that is at sw friends show on twitter instagram facebook you can email us show at star wars friends podcast uh dot com uh, or is it yeah star wars yeah okay so at gmail.com um, at, yeah well we got that one too um and with that you know part of this is becoming friends with you guys expanding the community uh we want to do contests every episode we want to give away something to the community at large and this contest that we had this previous week was the winner would receive a copy of the brand new uh resistance reborn rise of skywalker novel now this is part of the series that runs up to the movie and kind of gives you a little bit of backstory so with that we're gonna go ahead and pick the winner and all you got to do to enter our contest is follow us on social media retreat retweet or retweet it. oh i'm so tired retweet. <laughs> you can we retweet us or uh share us and let's go see we had a ton of retweets on this let's see who wins the copy of resistance reborn da, da, da. and the winner is judy let's see what is judy's handle here judy is at a lee 54 that's a i l e e e 54 so judy we're gonna hit uh hit you up via dm and get you that copy of resistance reborn and then as always the runner-up receives a star wars friends t-shirt so let's see who this is here the winner of the star wars friends t-shirt is diesel jones 2 diesel oh yeah diesel jones 2 if you want to enter a contest, uh, we are giving away something very appropriate for The Mandalorian. Uh, Vic is giving away a summer exclusive Funko Pop of a chrome. It's what is it? The chrome green Yoda? Green chrome, yeah. It's a 2019 San Diego Comic Con exclusive chrome green Yoda. Awesome. So we're going to be posting that up on our social. You guys can win that. All you got to do is follow us, retweet us, tell a friend. Let's join the conversation. We want to hear from you guys. Definitely want to get you involved in the Rise of Skywalker conversations. Uh, you can hit me up personally at no one is Chris. You can tell me how wrong I am about not liking this episode. I, I got the stomach now. I can handle it. We're going to hit you guys up at hater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Josh, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. And you can also tweet me to tell me how wrong Chris is about things. Oh! <laughs> I'm Kyle. <laughs> I'm Kyle uh, KB underscore Legend on Twitter and Instagram, and I love hearing Chris is wrong as much as everybody else. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my um, God. We love you, Chris. I know. You can, uh, this is Vic. You can reach me uh, on Twitter at Vic M Pike. And you can uh, tweet at me, and I can tell you how great Last Jedi was. Oh, okay. Well, let's bring it strong in the next episode. Uh, I've watched all the Rise of Skywalker trailers, guys. I'm caught up. Spoiler alert. I'm caught oh, up. I know. Watch. I did it. I didn't I've want not been to. watching. Don't tell me. Don't don't send me those on Twitter. <laughs> I won't. So, all right. With that, guys, uh, may the force be with you always. And also with you. Oh, yeah. Forever. <laughs> Forever.